kids like you Maker of heaven Lord of the land And Lord of the sea Holy and true Faithful and able Lord of all time And eternity Father, thank you for giving truth this uh beautiful day. Thank you for all of our brethren joining from around the world and for what you have prepared for us today. Lord, we open our hearts to receive. We ask that the entrance of your word will give us light and life and liberty. And uh, you will just equip us with the grace that we need, Father, for end time living. The grace that we need for triumphant, victorious life in this end time, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, blessed Father, that Lord, in the midst of the turmoil, we will reign in life, in the midst of the challenges, in the midst of all the things that can happen, you will cause us to walk in victory, in Jesus' name. Now, Amen. thanks be unto God, who always gives us the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then through us, Father, you spread the fragrance, the aroma of your presence and your power in every place. Blessed be your name, Father, forever. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen and amen. Okay, I'm sure everyone can hear me. Yes, Femo? And everybody? Yes, amen. Yes, okay. we can from here. Okay, praise God. Um, yeah. So I will be sharing my slides. And uh, I, I'd like you to, um, you know, follow along, make some notes, and then follow the scriptures in your own Bible. Of course, we are going to be sharing uh, the recordings after, but I'd like you to make any peculiar notes uh, that will be useful to you as, um, as we continue. Recording in progress. Yes. Okay, got it. All right, praise the Lord. Okay, do I have permission to share my screen, uh, Brofemi? Yes, you do. I do. Thank you very much. Okay. Glory to the name of Jesus. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah to the Son of God. Glory. Grace is what you need in this terminal generation. And uh, you will walk in victory. <laughs> Amen. You will walk in victory. Yes. It's possible. It's possible in the midst of, you know, all the pressures of life and all the things going on to enjoy the victory that Jesus has promised us. I assume you can you can see my screen now, everyone. Yes, sir. Yes, we can. Thank you. Excuse me. Hallelujah. So, everyone, welcome to Living Truth. And our focus is grace to reign. Grace to reign. And this is actually part of um, what we call the school of grace. Uh, 
where we study overflowing grace. And there is a whole a set of teachings on this subject. And uh, for more, I hope that people can access them uh, online. In due course, please post the uh, link so that people can, and you can take the course at our website and you will find grace. Because the truth actually is that <laughs> what you need to walk in victory is something called grace. And the good news is that that grace is available to us in Christ Jesus. So um, uh, just to provide the context of grace to reign. And um, the first thing we need to do is to understand grace. Because if you don't have a proper biblical understanding of grace, um, you, will, you will limit grace. One of the things I noticed is that most believers have a limited understanding of grace. Now, once you have a limited understanding of grace, then you are going to minimize what the grace of God can accomplish in your life. Because most believers think that grace is just, you know, that thing that you need when you are going through a difficult challenge. And then people say to you, say, oh, brother, God's grace, my dear sister, God's grace to you, you know, and they're encouraging you and, and things like that. Now, of course, that is part of grace, but that is just one aspect of grace. You need a holistic understanding of the grace of God. And when you do, then you will see why grace can enable you to reign in life. Grace is much, much more than the matter of sin. You see, God was gracious long before sin arrived. I said God was gracious long, long before sin Arrive. So you cannot use sin to define a divine attribute. I said you cannot use sin, which came much, much later, to define a divine attribute. So we need, first of all, a biblical understanding of grace. And then we are going to see how grace will enable us to reign in life. In Jesus' name, amen. So what is grace? You see those words that you have up on this slide. The Lord gave me those words, I believe. They were born by the spirit in my spirit. The Lord said grace is omnipotent benevolence. And two words that exactly re represent those other words are almighty kindness. Grace is the benevolence the goodness, the kindness of the omnipotent one is the kindness of the almighty. Grace means that somebody who is almighty decided to be kind to you. <laughs> I said grace means that somebody who has all power decided to be kind to you. You see, if somebody is kind to you, but the person is limited in his power and ability, then that kindness is automatically limited by the limitations of your benefactor. In other words, the person who is being kind to you is limited. Assuming I want to help you financially, but all I have is, is um, uh, you know, $200. You are limited to the, you know, as far as the quantity of help you can receive from me, not because I'm not willing to help, <laughs> but because that's all I have. <laughs> you understand? 
But imagine that the person who is going to help you is the richest person in the world and he wants to help you financially. Then you see in his overflowing resources, you will find sufficient finances. I said in his overflowing resources, you will find your sufficiency. The reason is because he has more than enough. He has more than enough. Are, are you following the point? Now, watch the other component. If the person is almighty and he can do all things, but he is not kind to you, then you cannot benefit from his power. You cannot benefit from his ability. You cannot benefit from his resources. But now imagine that somebody who is almighty, who owns heaven and earth, decided to be kind to you. Wow. Then, and I want you to watch this. Don't miss this now because this is the core meaning of, of grace. And most believers, like I said, they limit grace. And once you limit grace, then you can only receive a limited supply from grace. Not because grace is limited, but because your understanding has put a cap on what you can receive from grace. So now watch this. Out of this kindness of this person who is almighty, then you can receive multi-dimensional benefits. Did you, did you get that? Don't miss that. You see, because this almighty one has decided to be kind to you. The omnipresent one has decided to be kind to you. The all-sufficient one has decided to be kind and favorable to you. Then out of his kindness, you can receive forgiveness for your sins. Out of his kindness, you can receive breath in your nostrils. You can receive life. You can receive eternal life. You can receive healing. You can receive deliverance. You can receive the supply of your needs. You can receive peace in the midst of the storm. You can receive an endless array, array, an endless array of benefits out of the endless resources of the one that decided to be kind to you. I hope you are following the matter now. So you see, those who limit grace, let me give you an example. I have my amplified uh, translation here. I'd like to read for you John chapter 1. And this scripture is an example of what happens when you have a clearer understanding of grace. Watch this. This is John chapter 1. And I'm reading verse 16 from the amplified translation. John chapter 1 and verse 16 from the Amplified Translation. Hallelujah. Yes. So John 1.16 from the Amplified Translation. We will go back to the slides, uh, but just follow this now. It says, for out of his fullness, out of his abundance. Uh, so you see now, out of the boundless resources of this omnipotent benefactor, of this almighty one, who decided to be kind to us, out of, I want you to note the phrase, out of, because that's where the thing is coming from. So out of his fullness, his abundance, we all received. And this is the Amplified Translation. You see, we all received, all had a share. We, we are all supplied with 
grace upon grace. That's how the Amplified, you know, the regular translation put it. They talk about grace upon grace. Now, the Amplified Bible says, we, we are all supplied with one grace after another. Spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. And even favor upon favor. And gift heaped upon gift. I don't know if you see what is going on here. I want you to see one grace after another. Spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. Favor upon favor. Gift heaped upon gift. So you see, what is happening is that there is an endless array. That's, that's, what, that's what took me to that scripture. There's an endless array of possibilities coming out of this grace. Gift upon gift. Do you know that it is out of his fullness that all of us have received forgiveness upon forgiveness, healing upon healing, answered prayer upon answered prayer, deliverance upon deliverance, victory upon victory, strength upon strength, comfort upon comfort, peace upon peace upon peace, joy flowing like a river. Where is all of this coming from? It's coming out of the boundless resources of the almighty one who has decided to be kind to us. That's what grace is. Grace is almighty kindness. Now, once you understand grace as omnipotent benevolence, then you can then see that there is nothing that grace cannot handle. There's nothing that grace cannot handle because something will come out of his boundless resources to meet the challenge that is facing you. Wow. You didn't hear what I said. Something will come out of his boundless resources to meet whatever challenge that is facing you. That is, that is the core meaning of grace. The truth actually, as we are going to see, is that grace is God giving himself to you. Grace is God granting you access to the divine treasuries. Grace is God saying, take it from my account. If it's forgiveness of sin you need, take it, withdraw it from my account. Take it from my boundless resources. <laughs> that is what grace is. The person who finds grace cannot be stranded in life. It's impossible. You know why? It's because of the meaning of grace. Didn't you understand what I just said? That it, it is the almighty deciding to be kind to you. And out of the kindness of the almighty, everything will be supplied. Why is that so? Because there is no juncture where he can be stranded. Therefore, you that you are drawing from his unlimited resources, you too cannot be stranded. Hallelujah. Wow. Grace is God's power at work on your behalf. Grace is the kindness, the disposition of Jehovah to show you favor. And the miracle of grace. <laughs> wow. Oh, glory. You know, eh? sometimes there's something just bubbles up from inside my spirit. The miracle of grace for us in the New Testament is that it is not temperamental. It's not occasional. It's not temporary. You know, I hear some preachers say, this is your week of favor. You know, you are, you are, that thing that you are saying sounds good, but you are wikifying something that is forever. <laughs> you, I know 
notice the what I call the montification and the weakenization of the promises of God. The man of God said, this is your month of favor. You don't understand. I'm not dealing with a month of favor. I'm dealing with a life of favor. You don't, you don't have to announce it from the church pulpit for me to walk in favor. This is my lifestyle. The, the Bible says, weeping may endure for a night, but his favor is for life. It's for a lifetime. And in his favor, there is life. This is what grace is. Wow. So somebody said grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. So now that Christ has now paid the price to guarantee grace to us. So grace now is guaranteed. So all of God's riches are now available to us. And that gateway was opened at the expense of Jesus Christ. Grace, grace. Oh, glory to God. The grace of God. So grace is the basis of our total salvation. We are saved by grace. I'm not going to go into all the scriptures because, you know, our time is limited here. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, for by grace are you saved through faith. You are not saved by faith. <laughs> Don't miss the difference. I said you are not saved by faith. You are saved by grace through faith. And he says, that not of your own, but it is the gift of God. He says, it is the grace of God that saves us, but how does grace do it? Through faith. In other words, you have to put your confidence in that all-sufficient kindness and grace of the Almighty God. So grace is God's antidote. An antidote is what you use to cure something. Is the answer to something. Grace is God's all-sufficient provision for every situation. Like I explained to you, there's nothing that grace cannot handle. You see, the limited understanding of grace has made some people, like the scripture in, uh, you know, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, where Brother Paul was uh, praying about the thorn in the flesh. And, you know, remember he prayed, and then he prayed about it three times, and then the Lord said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, my power is made perfect in your weakness. And then uh, some people said, you know, you see, God didn't answer Paul's prayer. You see, Paul prayed, and then God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. It's because you don't understand grace. <laughs> what? what God was telling Brother Paul is, Paul, my, I am here for you. The, the, and that thing was not sickness, like some people say. But Paul was very clear. He said, because of the abundance of revelations, there was given to me uh, a thorn in the flesh. Paul didn't say it was God that gave it to him. And we know that the blessing of God makes rich and adds no sorrow. So God is not going to give you abundance of revelation and then give you a thorn in the flesh to go with the revelation. God does not do that. Eh? God is not, you know, every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the father of lights with whom there is no variableness, no shadow of turning. God does not do that. So where did it turn in the flesh come from? It came from the devil because Satan doesn't like revelation. Anybody who is carrying an abundance of revelation is dangerous to the devil. So when the devil saw that this man is carrying that, he gave him that turn in the flesh. And turn in the flesh is a figure of speech. Paul went ahead to say a turn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan. The word that messenger is angelos. 
an angel, a demon spirit, a messenger of Satan. There was a demon spirit following Brother Paul around, causing trouble, stoning him and doing all kinds of things against him. That's what Paul was talking about. He said, I asked the Lord to take away this thing from me. And then he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you because my power is made perfect in your weakness. Did you see that? Notice the connection between grace and power. Because grace is God's power made available to you by his kindness, guaranteed at every juncture in life. Ta Hallelujah! Boy, guaranteed! Guaranteed. I said guaranteed. He said, my friend, man, you are so sure of this. I'm not guessing. This is not guesswork. We are talking about things that we are proven and things that we are growing inside. This grace is guaranteed. It's not occasional. It's not temporary. It's not something... It's not going to change. It will be there when I wake up tomorrow. Hallelujah. Glory to the Son of God. Amen. And let me say to you that grace is the greatest need in this end times. Look at the way the world is going, brothers and sisters. <laughs> you can see the way things are happening around the world. Wars and rumors of wars. Russia, Ukraine, crisis, you know, inflation. I was in the U.S., you know, uh, some weeks ago. And inflation is multiplying in America. Things that you bought in the stores, you know, how much? The other week, you go back to the stores and the prices are, are, are through the roof. It, I mean, those of you that live in the U.S., you know what I'm talking about. And people are looking for bargain stores, you know, where they can find, you know, groceries and what they need. All of these challenges are multiplied. Pestilences, sicknesses, cancers and and COVID and coronavirus and all kinds of things going on in the world today, you know, then insurgencies, banditry, terrorism, fear, worry, anxiety, joblessness, all kinds of things are coming at people in the world. <laughs> but God has an antidote. It's called grace. And that grace will be sufficient for you in the name of Jesus. Amen. It will manifest at every juncture. Amen. All you need to do is look at the life of people like Brother Paul and you see a man that grace. You see, grace was multiplied to Brother Paul for every situation. God's power was available. What God was telling Paul is, there is nothing the enemy can manufacture that my power cannot neutralize. I am on your side. I'm enough. I am more than enough for you. You can continue what I called you to do. I am here. Hallelujah. And then you look Amen. at that man's life. Do you know that, do you know that one day, King Aretas, the governor who was under the king Aretas in the city of Damascus, they had planned to catch Brother Paul. And they had locked the gates of the city, you know, barricaded everywhere. <laughs> they knew that Paul was in the city of Damascus and they were going to arrest him and kill him. This was at the beginning of his ministry. And that would have been a, a big loss to the kingdom. But you see, you cannot cage a man that has grace. Grace manifested. How? There was a window on the wall. You remember? There was a window on the wall. And there was rope and basket. And the man of God, even his size was a gift of grace. Do you know the meaning of the word Paul? Paul means little. Smally. Paul was not a big man. He was a smallish person. And... When they saw him preaching big messages, they say, Smolly, Smolly, Smolly. That's how the name Paul, his real name was Saul. Eh? So he was a smallish person. And there was a basket. Grace provided a window on the wall. 
they put Brother Paul inside the basket and there was a rope. Grace provided a rope and the brethren let him down gradually, 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 gradually. Paul, you know, sat in that basket quietly and as soon as the basket touched the ground, Paul came out and disappeared into the night. <laughs> Meanwhile, the enemy is waiting at the gate. Glory to the name of Jesus. Grace will make a window of escape in the world. You cannot cage a person who enjoys grace. You can't compete with somebody who has grace. When God has given somebody grace in a particular area, just benefit from the grace. Don't quarrel with grace. Oh. <laughs> Don't quarrel with grace. You cannot win a fight against grace. Because it's not the person at work. It's God at work. And grace will guarantee your surviving the wilderness. Look at this scripture. And then we'll make some quick progress. This is thus says the Lord. I love this scripture. I want you to note this scripture and you know store it in your heart. It says, Thus says the Lord, Jeremiah 31, verses 2 and 3. Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword, they found grace in the wilderness. They found grace in the wilderness. Grace, you know, in my mind. That phrase, grace in the wilderness, grace in the wilderness. Israel, when I went to give him rest, notice, survive, grace, rest. Do you notice those words? The people who survived the sword, why did they survive? They survived because they found grace. Where? <laughs> in the wilderness. Grace in the wilderness. Anybody who finds grace can survive any wilderness. That's, that, that is the summary of grace. Because God is at work for the person. Look at, the, look at the children of Israel through that wilderness when God went to give them rest. Grace was available. Grace produced water from the rock. Grace brought manna pouring down from heaven. That was grace in the wilderness. Why? Grace provided the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. That was grace. To shade them, to protect them, to lighten their way. Grace made it possible for them to travel by day and by night. Do you, can you imagine a, a, a nation of two to three million people thousands of years ago maybe 4,000 years ago or more, eh, traveling through a wilderness in the night because the pillar of fire provided light by night. What? Grace. They found grace in the wilderness. You will find grace in this wilderness. No matter the wilderness you are facing now, no matter the challenge, no matter the wilderness of this end time, you will find grace. And you will walk in victory. By virtue of that grace. The Lord has appeared of old to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. You see, you see the source of the grace? The grace actually is, is, the, is, the, is the daughter of love. <laughs> hey, love is the parent of grace. It's because God loved us that he decided to be kind to us. I have loved you with an everlasting love. If you are going to walk in grace, you must live in a continual consciousness of the love of God for you. God loves you. That love is not temporary. That love is not going to disappear next week. <laughs> that love will be present when 
what the devil is threatening you about will happen. Do you hear what I said? <laughs> Sometimes when the devil threatens me, I say, Satan, Jesus will still be around when what you are saying will happen. <laughs> he likes to make it look as if you will be on your own. It's a lie. It's a capital lie. <laughs> I have loved you with an everlasting love, not a temporary love, not a love lasting for weeks. No. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you to myself. So that is what grace is. Grace, so the life of dominion runs on grace. And grace brings salvation. Grace brings access. Uh, grace is God's power for every weakness. We are told in Titus chapter 2 from verse 11, he said the grace of God that brings salvation. Not grace that brings born again. You see, many believers, when they read the grace of God that brings salvation, they limit it to born again. Grace is much more than born again. Grace is the kindness of God that gives us a new life that caused us to be born again. But everything else is grace. If you look at the life of Apostle Paul, you see grace at work. You see grace. Grace. One time some people plan to kill him. Uh, and they have taken an oath. 40 Jewish people. They swore we are not going to eat until we kill Brother Paul. <laughs> on the assumption that is in your hands to kill. Uh, and on the assumption that you know, his life runs on your timetable. There are things you should be telling the devil. You should be reminding the devil that your life is not in his hands. Your life does not run on his timetable. Your times are not in his hands. There are times the devil will threaten me. I say, devil, don't threaten me. Get out. My times are not in your hands. You, you, are, you are not the one to determine when Ferdinand will die. Excuse me. Is it the devil that will determine the day you will die? After Jesus bought you? Can you imagine that Jesus bought you? You have been bought with a price. Then the Satan that Jesus crushed his head on the cross of Calvary will be the one that will make a decision on where you will leave planet Earth. <laughs> How can you believe that? I remind you, I said, no, 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 devil, my times are not in your hands. You, you, you don't have authority to take me away from planet Earth. Eh? You don't, I don't belong to you. Depart from me <laughs> in the name of Jesus. They plan to keep on a poor. But you know what happened? Grace provided soldiers. There were 200 soldiers, you know, carrying spears. There were 200 soldiers carrying swords. Then there were 70 soldiers mounted on horses, cavalry. Eh? And they provided a horse for Brother Paul. 400, read that thing in the book of Acts of the Apostles. 470 soldiers. Uh, thank you. Acts chapter 23. 470 soldiers guarding the man of God <laughs> armed to the teeth. Roman soldiers armed to the teeth. And then you have these 40 Jewish fellows hiding in the bush waiting to keep on a pole. <laughs> when they saw 470 soldiers coming with Paul in the middle, they changed their plans. They said, we will get him another time. <laughs> that was grace. That was grace. You see, if you limit grace, you will, not, you will not maximize grace. Do you know that the food you eat is grace? The air you breathe is grace. Your health is grace. A good wife is grace. Finances is a grace, a manifestation of the grace of God for you. It's grace. Your name is in the book of life. That is grace. Answered prayer is grace. Access into the presence of God. That is grace. Grace, 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 grace. 
We live on grace. We survive on grace. I eat grace. I drive grace. I wear grace. <laughs> grace, 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 grace. That's what you need. Is the kindness of the Almighty. It's more than enough. You will reign in life. Oh, if you believe this thing I'm telling you, and when I talk about reign in life, I'm coming to that point. It's not that there will not be problem, but you will walk in victory. The devil will do his worst. But as the devil is doing his worst, God will be doing his best in your life. <laughs> and God's best will swallow the devil's worst. Anytime. Did you hear what Brother Ferdinand said? I saw a scripture. <laughs> I saw a scripture. I think it's Psalm 109. Let me read the scripture for you. He, he blessed me. He blessed me. He blessed me. He blessed me. Open your Bible to Psalm 109. <laughs> Psalm 109. Let me show you a scripture there. Hey, where are you? Where are you? That scripture. Where are you? That? Ah, Psalm 109, verse 28. Hey, come, come to Psalm 109, verse 28 and read that scripture. Go for that. Help me to paste it. Hey, Psalm 109, verse, verse 28. I love this scripture. I love it. It blesses me. Eh? Go for that. Have you seen it? Post it there so they can see. It says, 28 says, Let them curse, but you bless. Let's start. Let's start. Let them rise. Let them be ashamed. But let your servant rejoice. Hmm. Did you hear the Bible? He said, let them curse, but bless thou. <laughs> Some of you are waiting for the devil to stop cursing you. You are waiting for enemies to stop cursing you. You don't understand how this thing works. <laughs> he said, let them keep cursing, but you keep blessing. When they wake up, they will be ashamed. <laughs> Why would they be ashamed? Because there is a blessing that swallows curses. Hallelujah. There's a blessing that swallows curses. So let them keep cursing. <laughs> he said, the Lord your God turned the, the curse into a blessing. Balaam came to curse people that are blessed. The blessing swallowed the curses. Glory to the Son of God. This is what grace is. I trust that now you have a better understanding of grace and we need to make some quick progress. Huh? Hallelujah. Grace, grace. Grace brings salvation. Grace, the grace of God. And then we come to our matter for today. Grace enables you to reign in life. For if through, look at this scripture. This is Romans chapter 5 verse 17. And we are going to run quickly because we want to have time for this testimony I told you about. Powerful testimony of how God can reverse anything. Grace can reverse anything. Don't close the chapter of somebody who has found grace. Hey, you don't write off a person that is a candidate of grace. Because grace will turn the table. Grace will change the situation. In the blink of an eye, what you thought has ended will, will, will come alive. Grace will resurrect a dead, bo dead bones and bring them back to life. Because it is the kindness of the Almighty, omnipotent benevolence, working on behalf of, of God's creatures. And for us in Christ, guaranteed by Calvary. Look at Romans 5.17. For if through the transgression of the one individual, death made use of that one individual to seize the sovereignty, all the more, watch this now, 
Those who receive God's overflowing grace and gift of righteousness, what's going to happen now? They will reign as kings in life through the one individual, Jesus Christ. So the Bible is saying here that there are people that will receive the overflowing grace of God and the gift of righteousness. And that those people, they will reign as kings when we get to heaven. He said, no, 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 no. No, that is I see Jesus. I see Jesus is putting into scripture something that is not there. Look at that verse now. He said they are going to reign as kings when they get to heaven. No, look at it. He said they will reign as kings in life. Life. In life. Not in eternity. You see, you, you have to read your Bible. We don't put anything into it. You are allowed to bring out of scripture. That is exegesis. The big name for it, for those that do theology, is exegesis. Exegeting, you know, teaching scripture, bringing out what is inside scripture is such a blessing. But you are not allowed to put into scripture. That is eisegesis. That is, you're corrupting it now. Don't put anything into it. He says, people who receive God's overflowing grace and the gift of righteousness he says they are going to reign as kings in life through the one individual, Jesus Christ. And this one says that those who are receiving the abundance of grace, keep that in mind, those who are receiving, this is the literal version, those who are receiving. So the grace that you need to reign is not historical grace. Right? This is important. It has to be current grace. Those who are receiving. Those who are receiving. Because you see, we have received. But we are called to continue receiving. The victorious Christian life. Oh, time. I wish the body of Christ can learn these principles. And walk in power. Walk in victory. The victorious, triumphant Christian life does not run on the grace that you received. That is important. It gives you a foundation. But the victorious life runs on the grace that you are receiving. Those who are receiving. Those who continue to receive. In other words, it's not something that happened last week. They are continuing to download and to collect from God's boundless resources. But they will reign in life as kings. Now, but there are two conditions. If you watch that scripture, and the two conditions are number one, overflowing grace, abundance of grace. And then the second, notice, notice the abundance. The second condition is the gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness. What is that? Is righteousness is the gift of being considered righteous. Right standing with God. It has to be a gift. You cannot earn it. It is uprightness. You are standing before God. God looks at you and God says, justified. Wow. It has to be a gift. And it is grace. Righteousness could only come to us through grace. He has made him, Jesus, to be seen. Who knew no sin? So that in Christ, we can become the righteousness of God. Huh? So because of what Christ has done, and now that we are in Christ, and Christ is in us, we stand before God without condemnation. We can come boldly to the throne of grace. Your sins have been forgiven. There is therefore now no condemnation 
to them which are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. You are a child of God. You are born again. Your past is gone. You are standing before the Father, justified. Justified. Just as if you never committed sin. Justified. Now, because you are justified and right in the presence of the Father, you live a righteous life. You live an upright life. Did you understand that now? You live a life that is upright because you are righteous. You do things that are right because you are righteous. You are not doing things that are right so that you can be righteous. Did you understand? You are not doing things that are right so that you can be righteous. You are doing things that are right because you are righteous. You are not trying to earn righteousness. You are living right because you are righteous. Did you understand that now? Those are the two components of righteousness. The imputed righteousness and then the practical working of that righteousness in your daily life in correct behavior. Living a life that pleases God, that honors God. You are not living as a hypocrite. But I want you to see something now. Do you know that if you can stand before God and not be condemned, you can stand before anything? <laughs> That's the power of righteousness. If I can stand before the consuming fire and I am not consumed, I can stand before Goliath. Wow. If Imagine that you stood before the consuming fire and the consuming fire didn't consume you. What else will consume you? Particularly when the consuming fire himself now is on your side and is living inside you. Glory to God Almighty. Hallelujah. So the next thing, we are now going to go back later to that other condition for reading in life, overflowing grace. But first of all, let us see that there are levels of grace. Eh? Levels of grace. And by the way, like I mentioned, reading in life is not the absence of problems. Please understand that. I love 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You know what it says there? It says we are hard pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. <laughs> this is what I Paul. He said we are hard pressed. Imagine this bottle here that you start, if I need some water, sir. <laughs> Imagine this bottle that you start pressing it, pressing it, pressing it, pressing it, pressing it from every side. You are pressing it. <laughs> but the bottle is not crushed. Why is that so? Because there is pressure, you know, resisting the crushing force. That's the child of God. Imagine that I open this bottle and, and then I start pressing it. Do you notice that the pressure is gone so it can be crushed? But watch. You put in some air and this air acts as a counter force. You are trying to squeeze it, but it's not squeezing. Why? Because there is a counter force. Do you know the pressures the enemy is bringing on your life to crush you? Huh? He's bringing this pressure, but you will not be crushed. Why will you not be crushed? Because greater is he that is inside you than he that is in the world. The rock of ages is inside. You can't crush a person that is carrying the rock. Look at you now. Can't you confirm what I'm preaching? Look at everything the devil has thrown at you to quench you. But you are still here. <laughs> That is the story of an offender. He has thrown everything at me. I am still here. And I will be here tomorrow. Not by power, not by might, but by the spirit of God. By the same grace 
that started this journey, the grace of God that has brought you safe thus far, that grace will lead you home. Wow. So there are levels of grace. So number one is grace. For by grace you are saved through faith. But Paul said, by the grace of God, I am who I am. Then you now have number two, more grace. You see, when you understand that there are levels of grace, you understand why Christians don't function at the same level. Though. That's why when somebody is saying, there is no hope, there is no hope. Somebody at a higher level of grace is laughing at the same problem. <laughs> the person is laughing at the same problem. It's a question of grace, the quantity of grace that you continue to take, to collect. So there is more grace. There is grace, there is more grace. But he gives it more grace. Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Eh? He gives more grace. So there is more grace. Now, watch the next one. There is sufficient grace. I mentioned this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient. Sufficient. If it is sufficient, it means that it's enough. It's enough for the matter. Huh? Because my strength. So see grace and strength. See the connection. He said, the Lord will give grace and glory. Huh? No good thing will he be told from those that walk uprightly. Oh, Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusts in you. Notice the connection between grace and glory. Grace and power. My strength is made perfect in weakness. So most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmity so that the power of Christ may rest on me. Do you see the, the marriage of grace and power? Grace is God's power working on your behalf and it is sufficient. Now look at the next level of grace. It's manifold grace, many-sided grace, multi-dimensional grace. Huh? As each of you, 1 Peter 4.10, as each of you has received you know, a specific gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold. The Amplified Bible calls it God's many-sided grace. Eh? Multi-dimensional. So you see, grace is not just in the department of sin, forgiveness of sin. You have financial grace. Financial grace will be released to you now. In Jesus' name, receive it somebody in this place. Grace is multi-dimensional. There is grace, ministerial grace. There is Grace for your marriage, grace for your finances, grace. The plan of God is that you continue to collect this multi-dimensional, manifold, you know, components of grace. And as you do, you will reign in life. The next thing is great grace. So you see there is grace, there is more grace, there is manifold grace, there is sufficient grace. But then the Bible talks about great grace. So you can see that somebody who is operating at the level of great grace is going to enjoy more victory than somebody who is operating at the level of grace. It's still grace, but there are levels. Look at Acts 4.33. It says, and with great power, the apostles gave witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Do you see great power, great grace? Great power, great grace. Some ministers are looking for power. You don't understand. The secret of power is the quantity of grace that you download. All of you ministers of the gospel in this, in this call tonight, listen to Brother Ferdinand, your brother. You are going to find great power in ministry. How? By 
downloading and collecting great grace. And when we continue this study as our time would allow, you will find how this thing happened. Remember, there are, one of the things the Lord taught me is that there are sources of grace. There are ways and places where you can collect grace. And the apostles, they maximize the sources of grace. When there was going to be a distraction that said, you know, um, let us come and start distributing food. They said, no, 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 no. We are not going to leave the word of God to come and start serving tables. Appoint people that will take care of those things. We will give ourselves continually to the ministry of the word and to prayer. You see those two things? They gave themselves to the two of them and they continued to collect great grace. And out of that great grace, there was great power. Now, 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 Tad, now listen, don't be something. Now listen. So what this means is that everything you read in the Acts of the Apostles, they were manifestations of great grace. All the things that you saw happening in, the, in Acts of the Apostles, that is what happens when great grace is in operation. And those things will happen again in greater measure in this terminal generation as the people of God learn how to walk in the fullness of the grace that God has provided. Can you imagine? Peter is passing by. The shadow of Peter is healing the sick. Sicknesses, terminal diseases being healed. Can you imagine? Aeneas is lying down for how many years? Say, Aeneas, the Lord Jesus Christ makes you well. That is great grace in operation. Great power. Eh? Prison doors are opening. Can you imagine doors opening by themselves? That's grace. That's grace. Grace, 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 grace. Oh God, multiply grace upon the end time church in the name of Jesus. And then you are, <laughs> as if I knew, multiplied grace. So grace can be multiplied. Now, when you are dealing with multiplication, that's not addition. That is exponential increase. He said, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Multiplied. Multiplied. You read it in First Peter, you read it in Second Peter, so peace can be multiplied. Wow. Every Christian virtue can be multiplied. Multiplied. So imagine what is going to happen to you if peace is multiplied to you in the midst of the confusion going on in the world. And you will walk in victory. How is it going to happen? He said, through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So you see, the multiplication of grace is not arbitrary. There is a process as you grow in the knowledge of God and of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And now you have all grace. Don't forget, we are seeing that there are levels of grace. Now you have all grace. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. All grace. All grace, every favor, every blessing. And now you have another one there, number eight. Abundance of grace. You remember we read Romans 5, 17. The abundance of grace. Verse 20 talks about grace abounding much, much more. Huh? And now this is the final version. It's called the fullness of grace. It's only available, resident inside the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, from the fullness, the overflowing, unlimited fullness that is resident in Jesus Christ. All of us continue to receive. 
one blessing after another. Can you imagine a person that is so loaded, 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 Jesus Christ. Hey, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. He is so loaded that billions of people are collecting forgiveness of sin. He has never run dry. They are praying prayers and collecting answers. He has never run dry. They are touching the helm of his garment and getting healed. And he doesn't need to go and recharge his battery. The fullness of grace and power resident inside Christ. And the good news is that you have access to this fullness of grace. Blessed be God forevermore. So there is super abounding grace. Huh? Grace that abounds as we lay hold on that grace. There is counterbalancing grace. I like the way William Barclay puts Romans chapter 5, verses 20 and 21. He says, but the increase in sin was more than counterbalanced by the far greater increase in grace. In other words, as sin was multiplying, grace multiplied far greater and far more than counterbalanced it. Hey, you will find counterbalancing grace for anything you face in life. Remember, Jeremiah chapter, chapter 30, right? 31, verses 2 and 3. Say the people that survived the sword, they found grace in the wilderness. They found grace in the wilderness. Grace that will counteract. Look at it. So that to counteract sin's deadly reign, grace might hold sway. So it means that if you continue to find grace, you are finding something that will counterbalance anything the devil is doing. That will counteract. <laughs> I like these two words. I like these two words. How would you like to be ready to counterbalance anything the enemy will do and to counteract Whatever the enemy throws at you, something will come out from God and grace, uh, from the God of grace, to counteract every attack of the enemy and to neutralize him. Oh, blessed be God forevermore. So to reign in life, you need overflowing grace. Remember, those who receive God's overflowing grace, not just grace. I've just showed you that there are levels of grace. So ordinary level grace cannot handle Postgraduate challenges. Did you hear what I just said? I said ordinary level grace cannot handle postgraduate challenges. <laughs> That's the problem with many believers. They are trying to use, you know, basic grace to confront terrible attacks. It will not work. But if you rise and receive a higher level of grace, you will be able to counteract and more than counterbalance anything that the enemy will throw at you. Glory to God Almighty. Now, but before grace, before the reign of grace, sin reign. Hallelujah. So I want us to look a bit at how sin reign because that is going to give us some principles um, uh, on how grace will also reign. So look at Romans 5.12 there. It says, therefore, just as through the one man, sin entered into the world. That's Adam, of course. And then death entered through sin. And thus, death spread to everybody because all sin. So you, you see the, the progression. One man opened the door uh, to sin. Sin opened the door and came with death. And then death spread to everybody because everybody had sin. 
So death now reigned over everybody, even over those who did not sin like Adam did in the beginning. So death became the king and began to rule. That's why people die. Because one man made death a king. Did you understand that? So that's the origin. And of course, you know that sickness is a servant of death. Actually, sickness is slow death. The end result of sickness is death. So sickness and death, all of them entered along with sin. Now, but for sin to reign, sin abounded. Watch. You know, sin entered in Genesis chapter 3. Remember, that was when Adam and Eve sinned against God and disobeyed God. And, you know, sin entered. That's in chapter 3. Now, watch by chapter 6 what sin did. Because it's important to see how sin reigned. Not so that we can live in sin to reign, that's impossible, but so that we can see a critical principle, the principle of abounding to reign. So the Bible now says that by chapter 6 of Genesis, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every imagination and the intention of all human thinking was only evil continually. The message version said God saw that human evil was out of control. People thought evil, imagined evil, 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 evil from morning to night. Can you imagine this level of evil, wickedness? Where is this coming from? It came in chapter 3, but by chapter 6, Sin had abounded and multiplied upon the earth. And now sin was in charge. So, so sin had to grow to reign. Sin increased. Sin multiplied. So multiplication was central to the reign of sin. Did you understand that? This is very important. The truth actually is that nothing reigns until it multiplies. Huh? So sin abounded. So look at sin. Look at this uh, you know, uh, the thing I have up on there. So look at sin on one side and look at humanity on the other side. Because sin abounded, sin began to reign. Just picture this seesaw. You know, you see the seesaw that you have up there. <laughs> Question, when will this thing be reversed? This is irreversible. The only thing that can possibly reverse it is when the person on the other side, huh? Eh, when this person here begins to multiply, but until this person abounds, you cannot reverse this. Sin abounded. So sin reigned. Now, but we have a promise that grace, we are going to reign in life. But let's look at that promise again. If through the transgression of one individual, death sees the sovereignty, then he says, those who receive God's overflowing grace and the gift of righteousness. So watch now. You as a child of God, you have received the grace of God which has given you the gift of righteousness. I said the grace of God has given you the gift of righteousness. But there is something else. Remember there are two conditions if you are going to reign in life. Not just the gift of righteousness, but what? overflowing grace, the abundance of grace. The abundance of grace. So, I want you to watch this. You see what I have up on the board there? And I'm sure you can see that seesaw. Eh? It, it, this, is the, this is the experience of most Christians. 
Do you see the thing going up and down, up and down, up and down? This is, this is the experience of most Christians. It's survival. Sometimes you are down, sometimes you are up. Sometimes the devil will win. Sometimes you will win. Sometimes you are happy. Sometimes you are sad. Sometimes you are uh, fulfilled. Sometimes you are angry. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you are just, just up and down. This is the result. This is the experience of most Christians. But this is not the promise. I said this is not the promise. The promise is that you are going to reign in life. Hallelujah. But don't forget, like I said, there are two conditions, overflowing grace and the gift of righteousness. So, so for you now to understand further, there are two categories of grace. Follow this thing. The first is passive grace. This is the grace that is available without any effort. It's general. I mean, rain is falling. Um, the sun is shining. You are a farmer. Whether you are born again or not, you benefit from it. It is grace. There is air. All of us are breathing in grace. We are breathing in air. You don't need to pray and fast to receive that. But then there is a second category of grace, and I want you to listen closely because this is the kind of grace that you need to reign in life. And that category of grace is what I have called active grace that must be received. It must be received. You, can, you have to take it. You have to collect it. You have to download it. It must be diligently pursued. It's not the kind of grace that will just come to you um, whether you look for it or not. So that's the grace that you need to reign in life. Hallelujah. So that word received there, we are told that for you to reign in life, you must receive overflowing grace, abundance of grace. One person said the wealth of grace. Hallelujah. God's overflowing kindness, God's abundant provision of grace. He said you must receive that grace if you are going to reign in life. Now, so the question then is, not just the grace that I need, but grace that overflows, an abundance of that grace, an abundant provision of grace. So you see, there are provisions of grace but then there is also the abundant provision. It's important that you keep this fact of levels of grace in mind. Hallelujah. Because there are levels of grace. Now, follow this now. So the promise is predicated on the abundance of grace, the overflow. And all through the New Testament, you are going to see this matter of abundance. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, richly. Bible says overflowing with thanksgiving, abounding in the work of the Lord, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So you see, abundance is important. Quantity matters. You see, quality is good, but quantity is important. This is what I call the problem of low voltage Christianity. What do you mean by low-voltage Christianity, my friend? I mean Christianity that is weak and powerless because we are functioning at a very low level. Just imagine, you know, here in Africa, we have, um, you know, what you call uh, low current. What that simply means is low voltage. Imagine that the light, the power supply to the homes 
is so weak, it can't carry the air conditioners. You know, even the lights look like, um, uh, like candles, <laughs> just glowing because, you know, the voltage is not full. That's the kind of thing that happens with many of us believers. It's low voltage Christianity. Do you know that drugs have a minimum level before they can do their work? That's why you have dosages for medications. And you can be taking the correct medication, but if the dosage is not correct, it will not solve the problem. <laughs> Are you following the point? And I believe the word of God is like that. It's not that the word of God is weak. No, but if the level of that word, if the intensity of that word, if the voltage of that word is not abounding in your spirit, that word will not produce results. That's why the Bible says in the book of Acts, it says so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. The word grew and then he prevailed. Hallelujah. So, trickles of grace cannot confront floods of iniquity and ordinary level grace <laughs> cannot handle postgraduate challenges. We will need to source more and more grace, download more and more of God's kindness if we are going to walk in victory. I, I put up this uh, little quote there. Good is not good enough if it is not enough. The thing is good, that's good. But it is not good enough if it is not enough. So we must, that's why I say, let the word of God dwell in you richly. So the grace that you are going to need to reign in life is abounding grace. So let's now see how it works as we wrap up um, uh, the teaching. The first thing, five crucial statements. We have received God's grace, but there are levels of grace. And for grace to reign, it must abound. Remember, we have established that. Now, number two point is that your level of reigning in life is determined by the level of grace that you find. I said the level at which you are going to operate, at which you are going to reign, will be determined by the level of grace that you find. That brings me to number three. We are standing in the grace of God and we have access, that's the big word, access to different levels of grace. So what that means is that while you are in grace, you have access to more grace. Do, 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 do you get the point now? In other words, it's not just that you have received grace. You have also received grace to collect grace. You have received grace to access more grace. It's not just a one-time gift of grace. It's a life that has brought you into a place of grace where you are standing in grace, whoa, hallelujah, and where you have access to more grace. Okay, now number four, God has made an abundant provision of grace, but we have to receive it. You have to receive it. You have to collect it. Do you know that the grace of God by which you were saved was present before you were saved? But you have to receive it. You have to collect it. You have to receive it. You have to take it. The grace was there. The grace of God that brings salvation to all men has appeared. Why isn't everybody saved? Because everybody has not received it. So grace is available for the taking. And then number five, finally, what we do with the access we have to the ocean of God's limitless grace 
determines the level of grace we find and how much we can reign in life. So keep these statements in mind. They are powerful statements that show you how this thing works. Let me quickly mention them again. You have received grace, but there are levels. And if you are going to reign in life, grace must abound. Your level of reigning is determined by the level of grace you find. You are standing in grace, but you have access to more grace. And God has provided grace, but we have to receive it. And what you do with your access. Hi, I want you to remember that statement. What you do with your access. And this will be the big question at the end of this teaching today. What will you do with your access to triumphant grace? Because if you have access and you don't use your access, you will be like those who don't have. Imagine that you don't, you have a million naira or a million dollars in your bank account and you don't go, you don't cash it, you don't access it. You can die like a pauper, not because you're a pauper, but because you're not using your access. So the promise to reign is for those who receive. And the literal version says those who are receiving, those who are receiving, those who the abundant, the young's literal and the literal version says, those who the abundance of grace and of the free gift of righteousness are receiving. So you see, this is present continuous. <laughs> not just pastors, not just the grace you received last week. Many Christians are trying to live in victory today with the grace that they received last year. That's not how the thing works. Those who are receiving, those who are receiving, hallelujah, is not passive but active. Huh? Those who continue to receive, download, to take, to collect grace, they are the ones that will reign in life. And I want you to see that word receive. You see that word receive in that scripture is the word lambano, lambano. And lambano means to take. That's what it means to take, to get hold of. Imagine now, I lambano this wristwatch. Eh? Or I, I took my Bible. I lambano my Bible. That's, that's lambano. Lambano means, in fact, it's a very common word in the New Testament. 263 times in the New Testament, you hear Lambano, Lambano. When the Bible says, Matthew 8, 17, himself took our infirmities. That's Lambano. Jesus took our infirmities, carried our diseases. When he says Jesus took a towel and, you know, and then he began to wash the feet and wipe, it's Lambano. When Jesus said, take up your cross, that's Lambano. It's Lambano, take. When Jesus took the book from the Father in Revelation chapter 5, that's Lambano. And when he says, out of his fullness, we Lambano, we take. So you say, oh, 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 God, have mercy upon your church. So you see, oh, oh, Father, open the eyes of your church. Bring this revelation and raise a triumphant church for the end times. The trouble is not that grace is not available. The problem is you are not taking, you are not taking, you are not taking. You are waiting for the grace to just drop on your head instead of actively taking, 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 collecting grace. You say, my friend, and how will I do this? That's, there are sources of grace. And before we close, I'm going to mention the sources that where you can be taking grace. An endless, you know, supply of grace. And as that grace multiplies, you will reign in life. 
Satan will throw the worst at you, but you will still be standing. Having done all, you will be standing. You will walk in victory. You understand what I point? You say, thanks be unto God, who always, always causes us to triumph through Jesus Christ. And then through us, spreads the fragrance, the aroma of his presence and his power in every place. He said, now, thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. I type, the person that wrote that thing was a Christian like me. I said, the person who wrote that thing was a Christian like me. Jesus did not die for him two times on the cross. He doesn't have a senior Holy Spirit. He was a believer like me and you. Why should this case be, 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 be different? Why would I be living at something less than what that man enjoyed? These verses are in scripture. He said, one of them said, you are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. Not you will. Not try and overcome them. You have overcome them. He said, why? He said, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. These, these scriptures were written by human beings like me and you. They were not talking defeat. They were not walking confused. They were not doing Lilo, seesaw. Today they are up, tomorrow they are down. No. He said, we are eyewitnesses of his majesty. We have not followed cunningly devised fables. When we made known to you, the coming and the power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He said, we were there. We saw him. The things which we have seen, we are not telling stories. So, you, 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 your call, uh, as, well, as you now begin to lambano, hey, hey, as you begin to lambano, this will be the result. Grace will abound in your life. And as grace abounds and multiplies, uh, you will reign in life. Who is going to reverse this situation that you see on the board? You see that thing where Christians, Christians are going up and down, back and forth, up and down. Today you are up, one time you are down, Tomorrow you are sad. Then after one week, you are happy again. This is not the plan of God. This is not the design of the victorious life. Hallelujah. So that Lilo, you remember that Lilo, that um, uh, the swing there. Where is that swing? I want you to see before, before I wrap up. Uh -huh. You see this thing? You see this thing? This is, this, this is survivor. This is the experience of most Christians. But this is not the promise of God. You see, the reason the two of them can be doing this is because they are about equal. So one time this person will win, one time the other one will win. No, 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 no. Jesus and the devil are not equals. They are not doing a balancing act. The victory has been guaranteed. And we believers, we have now been given access to grace. But the problem is that trickles of grace will not bring the victory. So how are we going to do it? We have to find grace. You have to go to the sources of grace. Huh? So this is finding grace. And I wrap up because I want us to take this powerful testimony of how God, our brother will be sharing with us just shortly, of how God can reverse any impossibility. And then we are going to be praying together. Hallelujah. So where do you find grace? Now, I want to summarize it. You see what you have on, the, on my slide there? The 10 sources of grace. Because I ask questions, I say, God, so okay now, this grace that with which I am going to reign in life, where will I get it? God said, you have to, you have to maximize the means of grace. 
you have to maximize the sources of grace. You have access. Don't forget, we saw that you have access to unlimited grace. But then what is going to determine your level of victory will be what did you do with your access? What did you do with your access? So these are sources of grace. God himself, the Father God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the word of God, uh, the throne of grace, the spirit of grace. For example, the Bible says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. So there is a throne called the throne of grace. Question. If somebody goes regularly to the throne of grace and another person does not go, will they collect the same quantity of grace? The answer is no. Will they operate at the same level of life? The answer is no. Is it because grace was not available? The answer is no. Why? Because somebody used their access. Somebody was, you know, resident at the throne of grace, but the other person will only go there once in a month. So believers who will not go to the throne of grace, they are not going to the source where they can take, where they can lambano. <laughs> I pray you remember the word lambano. Lambano, lambano. Take grace. Come to the throne of grace. Stay in the place of prayer. Download grace. Fellowship with the spirit of grace. That's number five. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of grace. As you fellowship with the spirit of grace, you are praying in tongues, you are waiting in the, on the Holy Spirit, you are listening, you are communing, you are downloading grace into your spirit. The spirit is giving you wisdom. He's giving you peace. He's clothing you with power. Where is it coming from? Because you are taking. It's not passive. Child of God is not passive. You are invited to take. Jesus himself is full of grace and out of his fullness as we fellowship with him. You are downloading grace. You are taking grace as you worship the Father God. That's the place of grace. Number three, there, the word of grace. Acts chapter 20, Paul told the Ephesian elders, he said, now, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith that is in me. The word of his grace. The word, as you engage the word, do you know that the more you engage the word, you collect grace. When you spend time in the word, you collect grace to face temptation and to overcome. You take grace. The grace builds faith inside your spirit. But what if you don't fellowship? What if you don't maximize these sources of grace? You will be at a low level of grace, low voltage Christianity. When the enemy comes like a flood, you are trying to use a teaspoon to, to resist a flood. Do you know the plan of God? The plan of God is that when the enemy comes like a flood, the spirit of God, like a river, will rise against the flood. And I tell you, the river will always prevail over a flood. Because floods are temporary. They are seasonal. But the river, the river has life. Hallelujah. Then there are people of grace. There are places of grace. The more you fellowship with people that carry grace, the more grace you download. The more you go to places of grace, sound churches, Bible studies, sound trainings. Huh? The more you go there, the more you receive. Look at now you are attending this. You are participating in living truth. Is grace coming to you? So imagine that you continue. You continue to, this, to have this kind of fellowship. Grace, more grace will be pouring in your spirit. There are attitudes of grace. God gives grace to the humble. 
Eh? If you are proud, you cannot get grace. But if you humble yourself, there, you, there, will be more, there are acts of grace. Giving, eh? supporting other people, helping the poor. There are practical things that we do that makes grace available. Then there are articles of grace. I mean, physical things that can bring grace, like your phone. Do you know that your phone can become an article of grace? You are using it to download grace. You are using it to engage scripture, to play worship music, to listen to messages. It becomes an article of grace. It can also be an article of disgrace. If you have all kinds of immorality and wickedness inside your phone, remove them from the place in the name of Jesus. And use that phone as a conduit, as a pipe of grace pouring inside your spirit. Blessed be the name of Jesus. If you listen to this teaching and, and pray it over and study this thing and grow in it, hey, you will reign in life. In the face of temptation, the word of his grace will rise from inside your spirit. You will be strong inside. When Satan talks, you will say no. And your no will stand. You will Trample on snakes and scorpions. They will not go away from the road. They are not going to depart, clear the road. No, they will be there. But you will trample on snakes and scorpions and over every power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Grace to reign. So we have seen what grace is and we have also seen that there are levels of grace. We have seen that we have access to grace. We have also seen that there is passive grace, the grace that you don't need to take. It just comes to you. It comes to everybody, whether they pray or they don't pray, whether they study their Bible or not, whether they fast or not. It, it just happens. You know, God is merciful to everybody. That's, you will just survive eh? and be a victim of life with that kind of, that kind of level. But there is grace that is available to us in Christ. And when you begin to lambano, lambano, when you start taking, 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 that's grace. And that grace begins to abound and to overflow in your life. That grace begins to multiply. Hallelujah. That grace, that grace begins to amplify in your life. You will reign in life. <laughs> Satan will throw everything at you, but you will walk in victory. Something will come in answer to prayer that will sort out the crisis you are facing. In the face of sickness, power will be multiplied in your mortal body. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will quicken your mortal body and fill you with the life of Almighty God. Come on, somebody, let's pray and give thanks to God for this word. Just lift up your voice and begin to pray. Wherever you are, I want you to thank God for this insight. This is revelation from the presence of God. This is light to enable you to walk in victory. Begin to thank God for the promise. He says, those who receive the gift of righteousness, they will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Let's just thank him. Come on, somebody bless him. Bless him. Magnify him. Thank him. Oh. Unmute yourself. Let's all unmute. Uh, for more, you can unmute people. Let people pray for a minute. And let's just celebrate this word in the yeah, name of Jesus. Tonight, or this afternoon, wherever you are, and you are not saved, receive grace, receive forgiveness of sin. Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive me. Wash me. Everybody has prayed. Pray. 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 Pray.
He said the people that survived the sword, they found oh, grace in the wilderness. Whatever Amen. wilderness you are facing, receive grace in the name of Jesus. Amen. Quantity of grace that is more than enough in Jesus' name. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Amen. Amen and amen and amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, everyone. Um, uh, thank you for being in uh, truth today. I want you to now listen because we have a powerful testimony. Our brother, uh, Victor Brandon, um, is with us all the way from Sierra Leone, Freetown, Sierra Leone. Uh, Brandon coordinates eternity ministries in Sierra Leone, and he has a testimony of how the grace and the power of God can reverse any situation, no matter how um, far gone and how hopeless. Uh, Brandon, I want to welcome you now to uh, share your testimony uh, before we wrap up uh, for today. Yes, sir, please unmute yourself and, and go ahead. Brother Femi, uh, please unmute him. Yes, yes, sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you, doctor. Thank you for this uh, opportunity that you've given me. Uh, brethren, the testimony I'm going to give you is soaked in grace. It is soaked in grace and will be guided by two scriptures, Romans 8, 28, and 1 Thessalonians 5.18. As I go through the testimony, as I give the testimony, I pray that Romans 8.28 will be in your mind. And I will read it from Amplify. Romans 8.28 from Amplify. We are assured and know that God being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for God. So, and for those who love God and are called according to his design and purpose. Amen. Amen. In May of 1997, I was drafted by the then Armed Forces Revolutionary Council, commonly called AFRC, and I held the position of Secretary of State of Development and Economic Planning. In some countries, they are called ministers. And I have had this position in a previous government also. Now, in March of 1998, that council that I was associated with, that I worked for, was removed from power by, F by the force called ECOMOG. Most of us in governance were arrested and tried for treason. And you know that treason is one of the most serious crimes that everybody, anyone can commit. I had five count charges. 
But at the trial, one of the charges were dropped. So I was left with the four count charge. Note, earlier in my life, I had been asked or invited to accept Christ as my Lord and personal savior, but I refused. My refusal was based on the fact that I was a Christian and I was born in a family that had a Bible in the table that is on the living room. My late father was also a local preacher and my mother was active in the church. He was a class leader. And so I felt that there was no need for me to give my life to Christ. I was in the world. During and after the overthrow of the government in 1998, 1997, the degree of violence that was, was released in Sierra Leone was on unprecedented. Remember that the country was also in a civil war for several years. The court trial started in April of 1998 and lasted until November of the same year. I was found guilty and sentenced to death. The judge asked the foreman of the jury how do you find accused number 14? I was accused number 14 hello, on the first count charge. Hello, Pa, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Just tell us your story. You don't have to, I see you, you took time to you know, write it down, but just yes. feel free to tell us your story. And yes. uh, because so, it's, it's a powerful story, really. Yes, sir. I, 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 was, I was found guilty on all the charges. So you were, you were part of this government yes. and eventually another government came, arrested you and tried you for treason. That's right. And then you were found guilty on all the charges. I was found guilty. Yes, sir. Yeah. And it was when I was in prison in my cell that Rev, the late Reverend Bangura led me to Christ in the condemned wow. cell. I was weeping. I was lying down on the ground. Praise when God. I accepted Christ. And my cell, the next cell next to my cell was the gallows. That was the gallows, my cell, there was the wall, and then there was the gallows that was about to use for hanging me, for hanging us. They asked us to go through an appeal process, but that was formality. But on the 6th of January, 1999, there was an intervention by a rebel force that broke into the prison, took us out. And the question then, where do you go? The city was divided. Now, Finally, pa, 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 you, you yes. were condemned by this trial. By and this trial. I, as I remember, you said they, they, they gave you a black dress. Yes. With, when, with, when, when, we are, when we were sentenced and condemned from the courts, we were taken back to prison. And when you come now to prison, because now you're a condemned man, you are given a black clothes to put on. Your, jack, your, your, your jumper is black, your shirt is black, and then there's a big C in front of you to know that, and for other people to know when they look at you, 
that you are a condemned man. Wow. And so, you said the gallows, the gallows where they carry out the execution is just across the wall from the room where you were. Yes, yes. There was only a wall that divided myself from the gallows for two months. And so you can imagine the mental torture, thinking that the gallows is just across the road from you. Finally, when we got up, we went into the jungle. We went to the jungle with the rebels and we lived among them. So the rebels attacked and when they attacked, they came to the prison. There was yes. a gunfight. They broke yes. into the prison and then they released you from the prison. Yes, they released all, from all the, everybody came out and went to different oh. sections of the country. But we had no choice but to go with, in the jungle with the rebels. And we were there from January up to October of 1999. 10 months with those rebels yes. in the jungle. Yes. They have to give you food to eat before you eat. They have to give you clothes to put on before you put on clothes. Just imagine somebody of my caliber that have used a different lifestyle was made to live on handouts. Nevertheless, there was the Lome Peace Accord in July of 1999 that brought peace to Sierra Leone and gave us amnesty. And wow, we came back God. to Sierra Leone via Liberia to Sierra Leone. And it is interesting to note that during those periods, I worked with comfort. Americans call it flip flop. Yes, sir. 30% of that land was worked on those shoes, on those 30% of the country. I worked, we worked across. I suffered no infection. I suffered oh, no bruises, nothing. Praise God. The only thing that my body became darker because of lack of water. And so when I came back to Freetown, my family sat me down and they told me the amount of atrocities that was released. And when we came out of prison, they were looking for escapee. I was an escapee. And people were burnt alive. Oh, other people day. that came out from the prison were burnt Some people were burnt alive, sir. Now, oh, wow. now this, but listen to this. I did not know that when I was in prison and I'm going through the trials, tribulation, the Lord kept me for safekeeping. That was safekeeping. Praise God, praise God. Because if people like me were caught, I'm afraid I will be on the other side by now. Wow. But in my own manly eyes, fleshly eyes, I thought that they have been persecuting me and jail me and all that. But the Lord intervened, and that was for safekeeping. And that also was my Damascus moment. We all have our Damascus Hallelujah. moment. Hallelujah. That, was, that was where you met Christ, sir. That That's was where I you met, met Christ. Christ. Yes. Amen. I got off the horse, and I met Christ. And so you, you, you remember the scripture I read, Romans, that all things works for good. Mm -hmm. 
And when you are going through those situations, how would you know it's working for good? And Thessalonians also said, in everything, give thanks. Yeah. In everything, give thanks. And so right now, I have no bitterness for the late president. I have no bitterness for my persecutor. I have no bitterness for the attorney general. So today I can say like David in Psalm 119, verse 71, that my affliction was good for me. Mm, hallelujah. So that I can know your statue. Look at hallelujah. me now. Look at me now. Praise I'm God. working for the kingdom. I'm working, I'm on the master business, working for the kingdom. So brethren, the scripture is alive. Let us hold on to it. He says, everything gives thanks. And everything, no matter good or bad, no matter what is happening in the environment, it will work for you. At the end of the day, it will work for you according to his purpose and his plan in his life. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Amen. Praise, praise God. Still is working out his purpose. If it is not for the grace, if it was not for the grace of God, there goes I. There goes I to the gallows. If mm. it was not for the grace of God. Wow. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you very oh, much. Pa, thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Everybody, I hope you got this testimony. Imagine what it means. He has been a minister in the government of Sierra Leone, you know, for several times. And so just pick them up and put them in positions to serve the government. And then another person comes and starts trying them for treason. Can you imagine that? And they are condemned to death. He was condemned. Imagine what it is like you're wearing black prison uniform with capital C written on it, condemned. The gallows where they were going to act. I remember the words you said the judge told you. He said, you have been found guilty and yes. I now sentence you to death by hanging. You yes. will be hanged on your neck until you die. May yes. God have mercy on your soul. Yes. That's what the judge yes. told them. Yes. And they were taken away, awaiting execution. Just the gallows are across. And imagine the torture. Imagine the, the agony of knowing that any moment, any day, you could be taken to the gallows and hanged. Yes. And then, such a hopeless situation that looked closed. Grace said no. He wasn't even born again that time. Grace said no. In that prison, he came to know Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And in that prison, God made a way of escape. Rebels came, broke through the place, got them out of the prison, and they wandered in the bush for 10 months before he eventually came back. And today, there he is serving the Lord, preaching the gospel, and strong in his 70s. Somebody in this place, no matter how impossible and how close that situation seems to be, I want us to believe God tonight. Let's believe God this afternoon, wherever you are, that God will do a miracle. In the name of Jesus, God will do a miracle in your situation. I'd like us to pray together for those that are trusting God to turn around impossible circumstances and situations. Let's pray. Grace will undertake for you. I said grace will undertake for you in the name of Jesus. Keep up your voice and reach out in faith. Lord of the sea